Hello, this is William Tharp and uh, welcome to Home Quizzes, questions about real estate. Uh, tonight's going to be episode 17. So today's question is what is a pre-approval letter or pre-qualification letter? So this episode's very important for buyers. Uh, we're going to try and start focusing on more than just buyers or sellers, but the whole roundabout, but, but tonight's about buyers. Sellers are really, really needing to listen in too because they know the importance of this. But let's start the conversation with uh, defining what a pre-qualification letter is. So, so this is a document from a lender stating that the lender is tentatively willing to lend the buyer a specific certain loan amount towards the purchase of a home. Now, homeowners frequently require pre-approval letters before accepting, you know, an offer on a house. And, and many will not even consider, you know, even looking at a buyer offer if they don't have one, especially if we're in a seller's market like we are now. So tonight, I just want to go over what this is, what it means, what's it there. And I want to give a couple of examples of buyers that uh, did not have one and why it was so important that they had it. So um, let's go back to that division or, or the, the definition for a moment. And let's focus on that tentatively willing to lend part. And this is a huge part of the statement because if you make any purchases or any changes in your income um, or debt before, you know, that final approval and purchase of the home, then that tentative win, you know, willing to lend is going to change not only the loan amount, but maybe they're willing to even do the loan. Now, this is extremely important. And uh, especially for, for the loans amounts mentioned. So let's kind of talk about how those amounts are figured out. If you've gone, and it also depends on what program. So that's important as well. Debt ratios are, you know, the amount of debt you have to income. And uh, there are certain thresholds for different programs. Sometimes it's uh, 21 to 33% of, you know, your, your debt to your income. Sometimes it's less. So and it, de it depends on what program you're looking at. Conventional loans, of course, are a little different than government. So those are mindful as well. So this has a lot to do with it. But one of the things you definitely don't want to do, or you know, even if it's innocent, you don't want to do it, is like go out and, you know, let's say it's Super Bowl weekend and, and buy that, you know, $2,000 big screen TV. You don't want to go out and sign a new lease or a three or four year lease on a new car, or for that matter, buy a new car. Because obviously those amounts change your debt. You know, the, the TV would change the amount of your credit card debt. The, the lease is going to change, you know, the amount of, of your monthly, uh, your expenditures on the car. Uh, so, so you really want to be careful with that. Um, one other thing that you want to be very careful about is changing or losing jobs. You know, you would think this is somewhat of a, um, an easy one, but, but, but really we should be clear about that. I remember one gentleman, um, was ready to buy the house. He found the house of his dream. We'd actually put an offer. He was pre-qualified for it. We had the letter. We were going to it. And in the middle of the process, he was um, offered a promotion from another company. And, you know, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't hesitate. He took it, gave his two weeks notice, and he got the wonderful job, but lost the house. And the reason for that was because the promotion was in an industry that the bank wasn't as sure of. So let's say you're a doctor, as an example. If you're changing practices, and let's say you went from, I don't know, 100,000 to 110,000 
from practice A to practice B and it's in the same area, you're doing the same type skill set, you can be, usually you're okay. They, they, as long as, you know, there's two years of, of income involved. But uh, let's say you're that same doctor and you decide to go into dentistry for whatever reason. Always wanted to. But you, you changed from whatever you were doing before to now a whole nother concept. The banks aren't going to like that. They're going to more likely than not um, take their pre-approval away. And they're going to um, wait a couple of years for you to establish yourself in the new industry and prove that you can make the same money that you you did as a doctor. This is the same thing a lot of times for um, people who are self-employed, real estate agents such as myself, or uh, let's say you're in private practice like a law professional, any number of the service industries that we're all a part Banks always like to see that proof you're making money for a couple of years before they they lend you. And uh, it's not that they don't like businesses or self-employed people. It's just there's a little bit more degree of of risk because, you know, you're taking a lot more on in the form of risk as opposed to an employer doing it for you. So those little things become things to think about when you're doing it. Now, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about in that sentence was uh, up to a certain loan amount. Now, I'm bringing this up simply because um, many times I've seen a um, situation where the uh, person is approved for, let's say, a $300,000 loan, and he wants to start or she wants to start looking for three hundred fifty or $400,000 houses. Now, if you have the cash difference in price, then that's okay. But if, if the loan is all you have, then you're spinning your wheels and everyone else's. So I just wanted to kind of clarify those two things out in the uh, the conversation. So let me now get to two examples that I have that I want to go over briefly. And um, I want to talk about one, uh, one one's a real a Zillow buyer that I had a, a few years back. And this was a very successful person. You know, th- th- this was a person who you wouldn't think would have any issues with income and they really didn't. Um, but they, they didn't really feel they needed to get pre-approved. You know, they were professional, they had six figures, they weren't concerned. And so they were, you know, doing the Zillow shopping and, uh, they were one of my, uh, prior, um, um, clients referred them to me when they, they knew they were serious. So they gave me a call out of the blue. I think this was Friday saying, Hey, I got to see this house on, on, on Saturday. Can you set it up? And I said, sure, sure. Let's go ahead and set that up. Can uh, you meet a little bit before? Let's kind of talk about it. And, uh, the guy said, you know, I'll, yeah, I'm kind of busy. Let's just set it up for 10. So we go. So I don't normally do that, but uh, I, I go ahead and I sit down and I, I, I decide, okay, I'll, I'll take him over just to see. It'll be a good time to, to form a relationship with him and let him, you know, kind of you know, see who I am and I'll get a chance to, to meet him. So I agreed to meet with him, uh, you know, about uh, 20 minutes before uh, where we, you know, exchanged niceties. I, I finally got to meet him. He got to meet me and uh, we went and saw the house. He fell in love with the place was exactly what he'd been looking for. Apparently for about five to six months, he'd been waiting for it. And he said, you know, Hey, look, this is it. I want to put an offer on now. I said, great. Okay. Let's head back to the office, which we did. And in my, my question over to it, because I knew it was a very, very, you know, tight market at that time. We, um, only this was a really great neighborhood. He picked up in Weston that he was really looking forward to, to moving into really, really nice you know, um, homes, the issue was that they didn't have a lot of turnover. So this was like the only one in the neighborhood. 
So there was a there was a run on it, and I said, look, if you want to do an offer, we really need to get serious about this and go ahead and go. And um, so we did. We put in, you know, a, a very nice offer. We we went right at uh, you know a couple grand below price, uh, and we even put in a clause that we were willing to, you know, um, you know, match any additional offer. So so we set it up nicely. It's just at the the time of writing it. The aha moment came for us both that he wasn't pre-qualified. Okay. I really didn't want to do the offer for that reason, because I knew the the seller wasn't going to entertain it. And I told him as much, but he said, Hey, you know, man, I, I, I make 150 a year. I can buy this house. And it wasn't so much that I doubted that he could buy the house. It's just that there were already a lot of offers coming in. So, we went ahead and put it in unqualified saying that, you know, we're, we're in the process with the mortgage person, you know, uh, he, he gave me a statement of income to, to announce to the, the, um, the seller. Uh, it came down to a uh, call later that evening and I had to call him back and say, Hey, look, um, they didn't consider your offer. And he was nuts. He was like, what do you mean? What do you mean they didn't consider my offer? I mean, I, I gave them what they wanted in, 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 in truth. I said, yeah, I know. And they actually accepted an offer just a little below yours, but the, uh, the gentleman had 30% in the bank and he was pre-approved and he could close in 45 days based upon his, his letter of pre-approval that he provided with his offer. So, um, you didn't do that. So the seller wanted to sell and he, he sold. Now, if you'd like, I can put a backup offer. That one, that one always hurts. I'll put a backup offer on your dream home if you'd like. And then there's just a, a bit of silence on the end of the phone. And he goes, man, that's the only house I was really interested in. And I go, man, I know it hurts. So the pause went on. Um... I was, I, I really wished I could say that it worked out well, but it didn't. Um, the, uh, the gentleman really was sour after that point. Uh, I, he eventually did get pre-approved. Uh, we actually did find him a home once he got back into the market, you know, about, about three years, you know, it was about three months later. It took him about, it took him about a month to get over that loss. It really, you know, when that happens a lot of times to buyers, you know, once they, you know, they just crush, that's a crush, you know, when they lose that dream home. Uh, the first time, uh, but you know, it was, a, it was a hard lesson learned, but he knew it. So he immediately, you know, you know, about, about a month after, you know, taking some time, he, he, he went with my mortgage broker, they sat down, he got pre-approved and sure enough, he was right. He could have afforded that house. Had he had the letter, he would have owned that house, but, but that's just one aha story that, that was there. Um, now on, on, on the second story that I'm going to just briefly share, cause I don't want to go too much past like the 15 minutes here to, uh, it, it was for somebody who did listen. Uh, they, they'd actually, uh, took my advice. We, we, um, they, they said, Hey, I'm looking to buy homes. The first thing I did is I sent them to my broker and the next day, you know, they were pre-qualified. So we started looking for homes, uh, but their pre-qualification was, um, in this particular case, it was for, I think right at around 375 and they only had about. I think they had about saved up 40,000 for closing and in cost. So they were trying to do FHA a little higher than the 5% and uh, they were, they were trying to move in on that. So, which is a great program, by the way, one of these times in the podcast, we'll talk about the different programs, but for right now, uh, what happened was they, they really, they wanted to live in a specific neighborhood because of the schools 
and that particular neighborhood was in the 400s. And they, they kept wanting to look at houses, and I kept saying, look, you can't afford them. And it got to be a point where, you know, it, it, it was hard because on their mindset, you know, that was where they had wanted to go. So um, we went back and forth and back and forth and found them something, you know, in, in a little different neck of the woods in their price range. And they ended up becoming very happy with it. But it's just sometimes it takes a little time, you know, to realize, you know, that, that, that they do that. Sometimes they get really upset with realtors that, you know, they just want to make the sale and the buyer wants to go see the house. But they don't go through, you know, the steps that, you know, the home buying process that I kind of talk about in the book and they don't get them pre-qualified. So they start showing them homes they can't afford at first and it kind of kills their interest once they realize what they can afford. So that's why, because um, they become disillusioned, you know, once you see that, um, you know, four, three, four hundred thousand dollar house in the neighborhood next to the school you want to live and then you find out you're only qualified for the 375 and you can't live there, it kind of like puts a wet damper on the whole situation where if you'd have just shown them the nicer homes that are maybe you know a couple miles away still in the district it you know, but they knew what they could afford and you know their expectations were set and met it, it's a whole different game so I, I really believe as i say in the book that the most important thing to do is of course find your real estate uh, professional but the second most important thing is to find your mortgage broker and get pre-approved and know what your limits are and work within them. And uh, sometimes even, you know, I've seen, I've worked with good agents that can actually lift their numbers just a little bit, maybe get an extra 20,000 or 50, depending upon what the situation is or what programs might be available. That's where that, you know, that, that member of your team is so crucial. You know, having the right mortgage broker is just like paramount. It really is. And the two together are just dynamic. So, so I'm going to leave it at that, um, that was uh, in recap. Uh, what we were doing was a pre pre qualification letter and the importance of it. So, thank you all very much for listening tonight to the podcast, and um, we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow with episode eighteen.